Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. We have had a busy few weeks. We've had testimonies and special meetings. And uh, this morning I want to review a little bit uh, before we get into everything that we're going to get into. But I just want to review a little bit about talking concerning God's grace. And so um, I'm going to share just a little bit here. Previously we looked at Ephesians chapter 2. And you're in Galatians 3 and you need to stay there. Verse 1 through 8, and we talked about the fact that we are uh, skipping down to verse 8. We saw, for by grace we have been saved through faith, and that not of ourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand uh, that we should walk in them. We saw also... The fact in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, what? Christ died for us. So Christ died for us long before we were even in a place of being even pleasing to him. And in all actuality, you cannot be pleasing to God outside of grace and faith. Fully. Now listen to me very carefully. Even the good works you do after you're saved are the result of his empowerment. Amen? So say it with me. Say, I'm resting fully on God's grace. So this morning I want to go into this. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1. And look at this. We're going to look at a few verses here in Galatians chapter 3. I'm not going to go through all of it, but we'll go through pieces of it. And I just want to really establish in you and hit this truth one more time. I might go one more week on this. I might not. I might change subjects. We'll see what the Lord tells me to do. But I want to pound this in you, this truth in you. And I'm, and I'm pounding, like we were told to do, pounding truth on one side here. I am no way saying, I am in no way saying because we are saved by grace that we should go live fleshly lives on every side and live according to the nature of the flesh. That's not what I'm implying here. What I am implying is this. You cannot earn your salvation, period. You cannot earn it. And I'm going to prove it to you, but I want you to see that. But... In understanding the grace of God on that side, that you cannot earn salvation, we should not allow the enemy to turn that thought into, well, I can do whatever I want then. Okay? Amen? Do you see where I'm at? Do you see the middle point that I'm going at right here? And I want you to understand that. You say, why are you coming at it so hard from the, just the specific, I can't earn my salvation side? Because the typical believer, after walking with the Lord for a period of years, because I've experienced this myself, will end up trying to be in favor with God when they're already in favor with God. Through works of the law. So then things become... Stuff like this, and, and I've done this, I've heard of other people doing it. Well, Lord, you know, I prayed about this situation, and you didn't answer it, but I go to church every Wednesday and Sunday. See, now your faith has moved away from grace into what? Works. Now, the works that you would be entangled in as a believer today in 2020 are not going to be 
uh, a, a teacher or preacher, a, a Jewish teacher of the law, coming behind the preachers of grace and going, actually, you have to be circumcised. You have to abide by these certain days and rules. You have to celebrate these certain days and times and seasons in order to, be, to have salvation. You're not going to probably deal with that. There is some of that that goes on, and people study the history of the Jews and some of the Old Testament things, and they try and bring them into the New Covenant, which there are things to be learned there, but we're not under the law at all. Amen. Amen. You're not under the law at all. So what you're going to be dealing with is, well, Lord, I prayed so many hours and the devil will work this and your natural mind will work this and you'll end up being in a place where you're going, well, I do this and this and this. Lord, why aren't you answering this prayer? Because you're trying to get the answer outside of grace. Boy, it's leveling a lot of junk, isn't it? Right there. You're trying to get the answer outside of grace. If your salvation is based on your works, you're dead. And so am I. Amen? All right. Let's establish it more, shall we? So Paul says to the Galatians, Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the what? So if I get into works, what have I done? I've abandoned obeying what? Truth. Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified, and we talked about this before. But Ironside Commentary says it this way, Surely every new divine truth given to us should only humble us the more as we realize that we have nothing that we have not received. Apart from divine grace, we would still be in our natural darkness and ignorance. Paul took a very humble position as he went about preaching among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. To those who were in the greatest spiritual poverty, he eloquently proclaimed the availability of inexpressible wealth. What is inexpressible wealth? Grace. You can't fully even, we don't even fully understand it like Mark was saying, outside of a revelation from heaven. Paul wanted all men to enjoy the blessing and reality of the fellowship of the mystery. In other words, it's foolishness for me to believe that after being saved by grace, I can be saved by works. So I can't earn my salvation. So you say, well then how do you keep um, how do you keep from doing your religious disciplines? How do you keep them from becoming a religious duty? It's a simple mind understanding. It's a simple understanding within your thinking about the reality of the grace within you. In other words, if you go to church and you're consistent in church and then you go to pray about something and you don't see the answer and the first thought that comes up is, Lord, I go to church, you know you need to stop that, grab that thought and pull it down and say, forget that, Lord. I didn't mean that. That's deception. I I receive answers based on asking according to your word, but also based on the covenant that you purchased the right in. They overcame him by the blood of the lamb and the word of their... But how did you overcome first? By the blood of the... It wasn't your consistent church attendance. If you want a pen, I can get you one. Perfect church attendance, 2020. <laughs> Through coronavirus pandemic. Get an extra diamond for that one, you know? You... 
You know, there's no part of heaven where perfect church attendance gets an extra room on their mansion. Because then it would be me coming through the pearly gates going, Lord, you did a part, but I did a part. Then I could what? Boast. I boast in the Lord Jesus Christ. How about you? I boast in Him, amen? The grace of God poured out at Calvary freed us from all self-striving so we may live truly spirit-filled, fruitful lives of freedom and joy. Christ has provided all we need to enter God's family and has provided all we need to live as God's children. That's what Bob Yandian said. It is by grace through faith. Knowing God, it seems to me that grace is the expression of perfect love to an imperfect people. (laughs) Amen? So we see that Galatians and what was going on here was Paul came in and preached grace. Then the Judaizers, who had an evangelistic team behind Paul everywhere he went, they actually had, they'd actually raise offerings to go uh, fight the truth of the gospel behind the anointed man of God who was preaching the gospel. Now, how many think the devil might be on a tear? He's after something, amen? He doesn't want freedom to come. But how many know all these years later, grace has prevailed in the midst of legalism? And it will continue to prevail. And so we see this. So let's go, um, I'm going to skip a few uh, places here. And I'm going to go down to verse number two. We saw in verse one, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been crucified? So what do we know? We know that grace gets frustrated in our, in our lives when we take our eyes off Jesus Christ and his crucifixion. Grace gets frustrated in our lives. So we also know this, that we need to be aware of the fact that there are those that are going to preach things that are opposite to the word of God. But they may hold a principle of the word of God in them. How many know you don't poison a dog with straight poison? People are like, you're teaching how to poison dogs? I'm just giving an example. You put the poison on what? The devil's no different. He puts the poison on something. So it has an appearance of something that it's not. Amen? Okay, so you got to watch out for this. All right? The legalistic Judaizers went behind Paul, and they, and they actually, historians say that these men were probably saved, but they were adding things to the gospel that God did not intend to be there. So they were adding, you need to be circumcised. You need to wash your hands this way. You need to do this. You need to take this particular day off every week. And you need to, how many know this? some of this is still going on today? Do you know the Sabbath is Jesus It's Jesus, which means you can rest every day because you're in faith. They that are of faith to enter into rest. So you need to be aware of this. I am saved by grace through faith. If Christ has actually given himself for me, it is because it was impossible for me to do one thing to save myself. Because I could not fit myself for the presence of God. Because I could not cleanse my heart from sin. Because no work of righteousness of mine could fit me for a place with the Lord. 
He had to come from heaven and give himself for me on the cross. How then can I think of turning back to the ground of human merit as a means of securing salvation or maintaining me in a condition of salvation before God? I deserve to die, but Jesus Christ took my place and he has settled for me. Come on, Jesus Christ has settled your account. My account is settled. He has met all the claims of divine righteousness, and through him I am eternally saved. Shall I go back to the law to complete the work that he has done? Surely not. I cannot go back. I'm not going to try and go back. I'm not going to use my, my freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, whether that be legalism or carnality. Come on. But I will live in the righteousness that is given to me by Christ through faith in His grace. Which means I can overcome no matter what. Amen? So verse 2, this only I want to learn from you, Paul says. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? This is important because there is no real freedom in legalism. How did you receive the Spirit? How many have had the Spirit of God? You're born again. How many good things did you do to get born again? How many are baptized in the Holy Spirit? How many good things did you, get, did you do to be baptized? You probably, you know, got mad before you got baptized in the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know. Said a negative word to somebody on the way to church. And that day you got Spirit-filled. Thank God. I mean, you know. True freedom and change can only come by Holy Spirit power. And Holy Spirit power can only be received by faith. Only. I believe, therefore I receive. <laughs> we are winning. Truth is winning. Why? By grace through faith. It's such a testimony to the world because they'll sit and talk about that they think they're good works if there is a heaven or if, if you get people to believe that they're, they'll, they'll admit, yeah, I believe there's a heaven or there's a hell. My good works will outweigh my bad works. It doesn't matter. One bad work is all it takes. Trying to maintain legalism is like saying, you know, and doing it by the works of the law. The law does this. The law is like a windshield on your car. People are like, how? Hold on. <laughs> the law is like the windshield in your car. One chip, even though the windshield's still in place, ruins the windshield. It's no longer a new windshield. And guess what? In order for you to get into heaven, you've got to be a new windshield. People have never heard this illustration before. <laughs> They're like, I've got to be a windshield to go to heaven? No, you can't, have, you can't even have a chip. So that's why Jesus is in front of me. That's why Jesus came into me. There's no chips on me. The spots are all gone. How about you? You're clean as Jesus' blood is clean. My God. You are as clean as His blood. If you believe. Well, no, it can't be that way. i got to get myself cleaned up. You cannot get yourself clean. 
I'm clean because of His blood. It has washed me clean. Come on, what can, what can wash away my sin? What can make me whole again? I am, I'm, I am purer than the purest snow. Why? The blood of Jesus has washed me clean. Amen? Your works will never get it done. Amen? We put our faith in His grace. Are you so foolish, he goes on to say, having begun in the Spirit, verse 3, are you now being made perfect in the flesh? Paul wants to know this. If you are saved by grace, then why are you now trying to be sanctified by works? If you began your new life by being born of the Spirit, why are you now trying to live that new life by your own efforts? No wonder you're frustrated. No wonder you're frustrated. You're trying to live out in, in action separate from the power that gives you the ability to obey. You, you agree mentally. Yeah, I know this is right, but how come I'm not doing it? And Paul said this in Romans 7. He said, look, there's only one thing that could set me free, and that was Jesus Christ. And so people say, well, how am I going to overcome these difficulties in my life? You are going to put your faith in the grace that is within you because it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And as you continue to walk in fellowship with Him, day by day, you'll find that Holy Spirit and the Word of God will transform the way you think. You'll see yourself different. You'll begin to speak different. You'll begin to act different. And you'll put on the Lord Jesus Christ more by accident than you ever did on purpose. Why? Because you've been empowered from within to overcome everything that the enemy has said he owns you on. Paul says this, or uh, uh, basically he says this. He uses the word foolish. He, the, this uh, uh, commentator says this, Are you really so stupid you don't realize you remain spiritual the same way you became spiritual? You know, sometimes we need to rebuke the spirit of stupid. You just got to grab that thing and get it out of your head. You know, it's like. <laughs> like the person that got up and gave the testimony about, you know, it's supposed to be a testimony service. And the person got up and said, the devil's been after me all week. Bless his holy name. But it's just, it's, the, it's a mentality. It's in the earth. In other words, they're rejoicing in what? The, the move of the enemy rather than the reality of who's in them. The devil may have been after you all week, but you had resurrection the whole time. Functioning in any part of the scriptures apart from the foundation of relationship with God first will always lead to legalism, religion. And the traditions of men. We saw that in Mark chapter 4. That the seed grows. It's our job to plant it. And our job to water it and fertilize it. What is watering and fertilization? Fellowship. Verse 4. Have you suffered so many things in, in vain? If indeed it was in vain. And I'm going to skip that verse. Basically what Paul is saying. Look. You overcame initially through persecution and everything else. When the gospel came to you by faith. Why are you trying now to overcome by works? You can't. You can only overcome by grace through 
faith. See, really what I'm arguing, and this is the problem that has taken place over the years through religion. There's such a natural way of thinking in our relationship with God that's outside the boundaries of what has been expressed within the epistles that people have it in their mind. Their identity has been conformed to a natural understanding instead of an internal reality. In other words, as Brother Hagin used to say to us, they've been religiously brainwashed instead of New Testament taught. And so what you have is you have the body of Christ, which is full of people that are going to make it to heaven one day, instead of people realizing that heaven came to live in them. There is a destination called heaven. You will go there when you throw your body off. But right now, you have grace within you to live and walk and breathe and be as Jesus lived and walked in his natural body with God the Father when he was here. You have relationship with Him. I've got to get past. Come on. It's that whole thing of, and this is, I'm a thought attacker too, just like Paul. But it's this whole thing of truth, 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 truth. And people say, yeah, i got to get it down in my heart. No, you got to get it from your heart to your head. Your head is the problem. Because you have religious thinking in there. You think God is looking at you through the lens of your mistake. And He's looking at you through the obedience of Christ. This is milk, right? He's looking at you. People say, well, you don't understand. No, you're wrong. I'm here. I'm human. I feel the same things you do. You know, I can preach this message and feel totally opposite the moment we stop. I can even act carnal, not even do what I was told by myself when I preached. Because I have the same problem you do. That stuff right there. But you know what? God is not in heaven going, well, I can't work with him anymore. He's supposed to be a preacher. You need to feel this spirit of religion. This is it right here. What does it do? It gets outside of truth with love. It only holds truth. And it becomes legalistic. See, love will empower you to obey. Law will just hold a standard over you that you can never reach. Grace gets you there. That's what happened to you and me. That's who we are. We are in him. So God is not looking. <laughs> if I say some of this, people are going to backflip in their head. That's all right. It'll be good. I've dealt with it before. I can deal with it again. <laughs> I'm graced for this, right? In other words, when you go to pray, you're in Christ. You're not in you. So it's just like Jesus was praying. <laughs> And your natural mind will do this. Your natural mind will go, and the devil, he'll work on you too. But don't you remember everything you did wrong? Yeah, but I didn't do anything to get where I'm right. What did I do to earn my position to pray before the throne in the first place? I'm not going to reject Christ and what he's done for me, even because of my mistakes. This is how you get strong faith. 
You see yourself through him. You stop letting the world define you. You stop letting sin define you. You stop letting the things of this life and those that you've, maybe you've legitimate, I'm not saying we haven't done things wrong. We've done things wrong. But you stop letting the voice of all those things dictate who you are. Come on, every former addict knows this. You stop it. No, that is not who I am. This is who I am. And it can be a fight to get out of that mentality. But you fight the good fight of faith and you're not doing it on your own. You're not just calling out to a higher power. You're functioning from the greatest power in all the universe and His seed is in you. (laughs) There is nothing in this life that is greater than the one who is inside of me and you. And I just quoted a scripture. Greater is he who's, than he who's, right? By grace through, oh, I got so many notes and there's no way. (laughs) Yeah, it's not Wednesday. It's not even Wednesday and there's still no way. Even on Wednesday, I'm a two-verse person. Wednesday night Bible study. Let me uh, skip down here and wrap it up. So if you read through Galatians 3, you'll see this, but he goes into talking about Abraham. Did you know that the the men in the Old Testament were saved, men and women? Did you know that? How many knew that? Okay. I didn't say they were born again. I said they were saved. Okay. So you need to realize, do you know how they were saved, even the ones under the law? By grace, through faith. Okay. Even the ones under the law. They were saved by grace through faith. All of them were. So don't, when you're reading the Old Testament, don't get wrapped up in, oh, look, they had to do this and this and this. Everything that was done under the law, especially with the sacrifices and things like that, well, the law in general in itself just proved to you that you can't do it. But the sacrifices were all pointing to Jesus. Every one of them. Every blood offering, all of that stuff was pointing to Jesus. That's all, it all has a type and shadow to that. So if you're reading those Old Testament things, just keep that in mind. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. This is Jesus. And Jesus was the lamb that was slain, and he was the perfect lamb. He was spotless. That's why we don't need to sacrifice anything anymore. Amen. Hopefully you're not slaughtering a sheep at your house. I mean, other than to eat. (laughs) But for your sins, yeah, lunch, yeah. I got to tell you this story. You'll love it. You don't like this story? It's the one on the lamb, me and my brother. Yeah, my dad, my grandpa used to make lamb uh, on Easter, I think. And we'd go eat the meat with, uh, some of you are going to think this is gross, but with mint jelly. It was really good. And Heidi just said, yeah, it was gross. Sorry, grandpa. She didn't like it. <laughs> And so my older brother and I, and this will give you a little insight into how we are as McFarlands, but we would sit down and we knew it bugged Heidi. So while we're eating, we're going, (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) and I still haven't lost my salvation. (laughs) You realize that's what communion is. You're partaking. That's grace. 
You cannot earn your salvation. You can only receive it. So receive it. You say, how? Jesus, I believe you paid my price. I receive it. And that's how you get born again. You've received it. People say, well, I received it, but I I feel like I just don't feel close. See, you're going by your feelings, not your faith. If you've confessed him and you know in your heart, you say, yeah, I believe that. It's done. God is not making you do gymnastics to try and get into heaven. I'm going to end with this because I feel like this is a good spot and I just got to find it. Y'all pray for me. There's a particular, oh, I know where it is. Thank you, Jesus. All right. And I think I'm going to end this series here. We'll see. You'll find out. So will I someday. All right. (laughs) I know what I'm doing on Wednesdays. Listen to this commentary on grace versus works. And this is the Ironside commentaries, but I think it fits so well right here. And there's so much more I could share, but we're just not going to be able to get into it this morning. On what are you resting for your salvation? The question. I have received letters from people who are indignant because I have said that salvation is through faith alone. It makes one start sometimes to find... It makes one start sometimes to find that after all our gospel preaching, so many people who make a Christian profession have never yet learned that salvation is absolutely of grace through faith. We almost forget that there are hundreds of people who do not believe these things. And yet, how can anyone profess to believe this book, talking about the Bible, and yet insist upon salvation by human effort? In Romans, we read, if by grace then it is no more of works. So how could it be, that's Romans eleven six. how could it be any different? And then he goes on to say, but if it is of works, then it is no more of grace. Otherwise, work is no more work. Can you not see how the Holy Spirit of God shuts us up to this, that salvation is either altogether by grace or altogether by works? It cannot be by a combination of the two. Someone says, but do you not remember the old story about the two preachers who were in the rowboat, who were debating as to whether salvation were by grace or by works, by faith or by works? The boatmen listened to them, and when they were unable to come to a solution of the problem, one said to the boatman, you've heard our conversation, what do you think of this? Well, he said, I have been thinking it is like this, I have two oars. I will call one faith and the other works. If I pull only on one, this oar, uh, on one oar, the boat goes round and round and does not get anywhere. If I pull on that, on the other one, it goes round and round and doesn't get anywhere. But if I pull on both, I get across the river. And people say, that is a beautiful illustration of the fact that salvation is by faith and works. It would be if we were going to heaven in a rowboat. (laughs) But we are not. This is a good argument. 
We are going through the infinite grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. And like that lost sheep that went astray and was found by the shepherd, we are being carried by the Savior home to glory. And it is not a question of working our way there. And so, we come back to what the scripture says. For by grace you are saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. If I had to do as much as lift my finger to save my soul, I could strut up the golden streets saying, Glory be to the Lord and to me, for by our combined efforts I am saved. No, it is no works of mine, no effort of mine, and so Jesus shall get all the glory. Do you see that? Why don't you stand with me, please? I want to... I want to give a call for salvation or rededication to the Lord. And you just want to have a no-so. You want to know. And we're going to, that you've given your heart to the Lord, we're going to settle it this day, and you're not going to question it again. And every time a questioning thought comes to your mind, you're going to kick it out and say, no, and I, and I encourage you, if you choose to pray this prayer with me right now and do this, I encourage you, write in your Bible the day it happened. So that you can always go back or write it down on a piece of paper, whatever, so that you can always go back and go, yep, this was the day, this is it, it was settled, it's over, it's done, I'm saved, we're done. Does that make sense? Because I don't want questioning in your mind. You, if you have believed on Jesus, you are saved. If you have believed on Jesus, you are saved. You are born again. The nature of God lives in you now, and you will go to heaven when you throw off your body. When, you're, when your heart stops beating, if you have believed in Jesus, you're going straight to the Father to be with Him forever. I'm convinced for me. Are you convinced for you? Or do you assess yourself uh, through your own works as what needs to be uh, uh, judged out rather than the works of Jesus on your salvation? And people say, if you preach this this way, people will think they can do whatever they want and go to heaven. That's exactly why Paul had to write everything he wrote. But if you think any of your works are what God is looking down upon and going, oh my goodness, Jesus, why did you even go? You say, you're driving this point hard. Thank you. Pounding truth. It's intentional. It's intentional. And people say, well, what, you're saying that what if people sin? There'll be consequences to what the, cho the choice that they make. But even if they live in fleshiness as a Christian, you know you can be saved and look just like the world? Because you can believe on Jesus and still be saved inside. But you're out. how many were messed up when you first got saved? And like you've made some improvements over the years. 
But only by grace through faith. It has not been your works in the sense of, oh, I just mustered it up. No, what you did is you renewed your mind to the reality of who's in you. And he's been working and Holy Spirit's been working. In other words, we're not going to walk into heaven one day and go, oh, glory be to God and to me. We've made it through Jesus and my works to heaven. You won't make it that way. You will not make it that way. You will only make it one way. Through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and His completed work. Amen? So I'm a, I want to do this. Um, I'll have Rick and Luann up here after for, for more prayer uh, and new believers packs and stuff like that if you need them when you pray. But every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're watching online and you need to do this, please bow your head and close your eyes where you're at and, re, and uh, respond to this. So if there's anybody in here that needs to have a no-so, Right where you're at, I'm going to pray with you. Right where you're at, I want you to just raise your hand. You want to know for sure. Okay? There's at least one or two. Anybody else? Okay. So we're going to pray. Okay? Another one? Okay. So we have three. Now what you're going to do after we pray is this is the day you're going to mark down. You're going to etch it somewhere put it write it down somewhere either in your bible come up and, if you don't have a bible you need to come up and get one after the service uh, with the altar care team but you need to pray this prayer you're going to believe from your heart and you will settle this once and for all and then you will mark down that date and anytime any thoughts come to you that are contrary to salvation by grace through faith that you've lost your salvation you're going to go back to this and you're going to say no this was the day I believed and I received and it's done so why don't you uh, everybody just go ahead and follow along with me in this prayer say Father God I come before you in the precious name of Jesus. I believe that you paid the full price for my salvation. Jesus, you hung on the cross. You were whipped for me. You were beat for me. A crown of thorns was put on your head. Blood dripped from your body for my sins. Not for your own. You were perfect. And you took on my sin. So that I could receive the nature of God the Father into my heart. So I believe and I confess that Jesus Christ and his cross has paid the full price for all my sins. I believe and I receive that payment by faith according to this grace. And now, by the Holy Spirit, I am born again. I am a child of God. I have been set free. Satan, I renounce you. I renounce your lies. I am no longer in your kingdom. I will no longer follow you. By the grace of God, I will follow the Lord Jesus till I leave this earth and eternity waits me there in heaven, but I have eternity now in my heart. By my declaration of faith, I am a child of God today. Amen. Now listen, you are in the family. You are not... now. It, my kids, 
It doesn't matter how ding-dong they are. Their last name is still McFarlane. You are in the family. Now, if you've been a ding-dong, you need to apologize to the Lord. And maybe to somebody else. I don't know. But you are in the family. You mark it down. If you don't have a Bible, if you don't have our new believers pack, you come get it right after the service here. If Online, if you're watching us and you don't have these things, you contact us via Facebook uh, or the website and we'll get the information to you. Did you enjoy today? <laughs> we did a lot in one service. Praise the Lord. You are blessed. We will see you Wednesday night. Drive safe, please. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.